Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, I'm going to read verse 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. But this I say, he that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he that sows bountifully or generously will reap bountifully or generously. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so giving is of the heart, sowing seed is of the heart, it comes from the heart, he's talking about your heart, once again he's talking about your heart, and so you can't be born again without yielding to your heart or going from your heart, not talking about your mind, not talking about your natural mind, he's not talking about your emotions, he's talking about your heart. And so everyone give as he purposes in his heart. And somebody said, well, that should be easy. Well, that's not always easy. If you're used to just doing as you purpose in your flesh or your emotions, well, then your heart will never be satisfied with the limitations of your flesh or your emotions. He says, everyone give as we purpose in our heart. So you got a purpose in your heart about giving. Whether you recognize it or not, there is a purpose in your heart. A purpose in your heart concerning giving. Well, I don't know about you, but I have had my head talk me out of the purpose of my heart in giving. Because my head says, oh yeah, that would be wonderful if. The, the Lord Jesus told Brother Hagin one time, if is the badge of doubt. He was praying for a guy, he, uh, ministering to people. This man had like a stiff back. He couldn't bend over. And so he, he laid hands on the man. He laid hands on him back and he said, see if you can bend over. And the man was like, huh? He actually had a special, you know, there's 1 Corinthians 12 says that there's gifts of healings. And so the Lord had uh, entrusted him to minister with a, a special gift of healing. And so he put his hand on the front and back, you know, and the Lord said, put your hand on the front and back of him. And uh, when you do that, if the, the physical problem is actually demonic in nature, fire will jump back and forth between your hands. And so he had actually put his hands on the front and back of this man, and fire was jumping back and forth between his hands. Yet when he said, see, if you can bend over, that man couldn't bend over. He's like, well, this never happened before. That's a first. So he did it again, and the same thing happened. He said, see, if you can bend over. He, he couldn't hardly bend over. I just thought, wow. I don't know what's going on. So he went on to the next person in the line, and that guy goes back to his seat. All of a sudden, he's thinking about this like, you know, you ever minister and you're like not satisfied? You know, like, uh, I would equate it to kind of like uh, if you play tennis or golf, those are the two sports I can think of that you can really, uh, I can relate to, which is, you can go out with a golf club and you can hit a golf ball. And you can go with a tennis racket and you can hit a tennis ball. But if you've never hit the sweet spot, you really don't know why people love to play golf or people love to play tennis. Because I remember when I ever hit the, the sweet spot on a tennis racket with a tennis ball. Up till then, I was just hitting the ball around. Boy, when I hit that sweet spot, I was like, this is supercharged. Like the amount of effort versus the amount of bounce was like, whoa. 
Well, that's what happens actually when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're supercharged. But sometimes when you're ministering to people or, or, or even just seeking the Lord about a situation, you know, it's like you're, you're like hitting all other parts of the racket or the club, but you have not hit that sweet spot. And you know, if you've ever hit the sweet spot, you know when you haven't hit the sweet spot. But if you've hit the sweet spot, you know there is a sweet spot. And if you don't know there's a sweet spot, well, you just keep hanging around and either get born again or just keep seeking the Lord because you're like, you're hitting the fleshy spot. You, know, you want to hit the sweet spot. And so uh, he's uh, not satisfied with what's happening because he knows this is not the will of God, not the plan of God. Because that man should be set free. Anyhow, he kind of looks up, and as he looks up, Jesus appears to him. And uh, uh, begins to talk to him about this. This is not in my notes, so praise the Lord. He begins to talk to him about, about this. And um, says something like, uh, you know, what did I tell you? Uh, and he said, well, you said, you know, if I lay my hands in the fire, I'll go between my hands. And if it's a, you know, demonic spirit will have to leave and, and, and they'll be healed. And he said, yeah, I know that, Lord. He said, but um, I did, and it didn't leave. And Jesus said, I said, you lay hands on them. You command that uh, sickness disease to go, the spirit to leave. It has to leave. He said, I know you said that, Lord, but it didn't. So Jesus got real mad at him. He said, I, I think I know what he looked like when he, uh, you know, rebuked the Pharisees. He said, yeah, but I said he would, and disappeared. Well, he realized in that he had been saying, if, 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 bend over and see if you can bend over. See if you can bend over. So he's called that guy, and that guy was about ready to sit in his chair. He said, come back up here. He said, me? He said, yeah. He came back up. He laid his hands on him. He said, now bend over in the name of Jesus. And he bent right over all the way up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> so sometimes you got an if, and you don't realize you have an if. And you're kind of looking to the Lord like, hey, you said this. It's not working. No, it works. God works. It's already been done. It's just you got to get in line with it. You got to get the sweet spot. And so he said, every one of us should give as we purpose in our heart. As we purpose in our heart. You remember talking about money, Jesus said, you actually can't serve God and money. You're going to kind of like be drawn to one and push the other away. You're going to cherish one, my precious, and despise the other, right? Not that kind of way. That my precious ring thing, you know, that was demonic. Serious. I'm not saying you can't watch that movie. I'm just saying, like, that was a demonic respite. That was a, they did a good job of describing how people are overcome by demons. 
and uh, they can't see or think anything else. They just see themselves going this direction, going that direction, you know. Um, so each one of us is to give as we purpose in our heart. You could call it like uh, the money test because you see who you serve, God or money. Where your treasure is, Jesus said, that's where your heart's going to be. So it's interesting. I'm not going to take a lot of time more, I don't believe, but it's interesting if you check up on your heart concerning finances. I mean, are you responding to your heart concerning your giving? Are you responding to your heart concerning generosity? Because, because the condition of your heart, but the yieldness, yieldedness of your being to the desire and purpose in your heart actually affects a lot more things than just the money that comes back to you. And money will come back to you. If you give according to the word of God, that seed that you sow in the ground is guaranteed by God himself. It is not, you are not coming in line with emotional laws of let me whip up your emotions to, to get you to give more. No, I, I don't want to be uh, ugly, but you know, I believe God. God said, I will never, ever have to worry about having clothes to wear or food to eat because I'm seeking him first. And God is the one that said he will multiply my seed zone. So if you don't sow a seed, yeah, it's going to affect the local church here. But I'll tell you what, God will send someone else who comes in line with his laws of giving and receiving, they'll sow. And the Lord multiplies my seed sown, not just through the salary from the church. I get uh, money coming in every direction. I don't, and I'm not talking about some business on the side. So I'm not trying to be ugly about it, but I'm saying like, this is what the word of God says. I am just the messenger. So there is an anointing on his word. So you give as you purpose in your heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. And if you ever, if, if the light of God ever dawns on your spirit concerning giving the laws of giving and receiving that God has put in place, oh, you don't have to tell your whole church like, we're going to receive the offering now. Everybody shout. You'll just see it in the word. And you'll be like, we're going to do what? I can plant some seed. What? I, I, I can do something in spiritual ground that God himself puts his own blessing on, that God himself said, and I will multiply your seed sown. Don't just let those thoughts just have a root or a place in your head when the enemy comes and says, well, yeah, but you know, you sowed that seed. That's gone forever. Bye-bye, baby. Oh, you, 
You do what Jesus did. He is our example. We follow him. When the enemy comes, and sometimes he'll come, he'll take, you know, he uses the words that are in Scripture sometimes against you. But he never uses the word of God against you. He uses the words that you find written in your Bible sometimes against you, like he did against Jesus. That's not the word of God. You say, I thought my Bible was the word of God. Well, your Bible is the Word of God, but it's in the light of the revelation of God that you have to read the Word. Because otherwise, you know what people like to say is like, Judas went and hanged himself, go and do likewise. <laughs> you took two scriptures out of context. You know, you just put them. So then I could take any words together and make this say anything I wanted to say. So that's what the enemy did. And, you know, he's like, throw yourself off of this high tower. Because the scriptures say that, you, that angels, you can call the angels to come and pick you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's a scripture. So you, you have to read the word of God in the light of God, the light of the revelation of God. Um, because just because, you know, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them, Psalm 103. God sent his word and healed you and delivered you. His word, when received, brings deliverance. His word, when received concerning finances, will bring you financial deliverance. Interesting, interesting thing about financial deliverance is, where your treasure is, your heart is, that deliverance from the love of money, from the influence of money, from what money can bring you, boy, boy, I mean, money affects our lives in a lot of ways. And if you ever get free, I would say from the love of money, but to bring it home more than that, because you might love money and not realize it. You might rely on money and not realize how much you rely on money. It'll set you free from the lordship of money. That my confession is Jesus is Lord. So, so I have something unexpected financially. Boy, I, I need to do everything I can to let my heart uh, let my mouth connect with what's in my heart that Jesus is Lord over my finances. Jesus is Lord over my provision. This is going up, that's going up. Lots of things are going up right now. Jesus is Lord over your financial portfolio. <laughs> Amen. We better stop. So, well, we have to do verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency and all things can give into every good work. So you could just adopt that as your confession. God's making all grace abound towards me. And God's making all grace abound towards me. Every kind of favor and earthly blessing, God's making it come to me in abundance that I always have plenty for everything. Actually, I have so much I can give into every good work. Amen. The devil said, what are you doing? Can't you see that you don't have? Just look. Can't you see? Doesn't feel like. You say, I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. I may not see it in my account right now, but I guarantee this word is more real than any attack you try to bring, devil. And I'm standing on this. 
I mean, our, our life, the Christian life, is a life of believing and speaking that belief before you ever see it. From the moment you come to Christ, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The confession of salvation and the confession of the Lordship of Jesus comes before you ever experience it. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, you are my Lord. And then once that's done, oh, I have the witness of the Spirit. Oh, it's like a, a, a 10 ton weight just rolled off of my life. Afterwards, not before. We believe, we receive, and we rejoice. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. That you give seed to the sower, that you multiply our seed sown. And Father, I think right now of all the seed we have in the ground over the years, all the seed we've been planting, we've been farming. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you are multiplying all that seed in abundance, overflowing, that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that we are blessed Hallelujah, first in our spirits, that we are blessed in our bodies and we are blessed financially, that we are well able to give into every good work. All of our needs are met, overflowing more than enough in every arena. And Father, we thank you that you have blessed your people. Hallelujah. We thank you for the gospel message, shining brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Penetrating hearts, penetrating lives, penetrating regions. In Jesus' name, amen.